This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Shanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Remember, remember the month of November where the best college football teams rise to the top. Welcome back to Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and the NFL draft. As always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners of the show, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. And you know what? I'm going to give a shout-out to old Barry Light in the Hillside Band for bringing it every Wednesday and Sunday with our fantastic intro music, Barry and the boys, very close to the show. So thank you, boys, for always doing that for us twice a week. Uh, really appreciate it. It brings a nice little spin to the show. It does. Uh, remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 on social media, at Prospects 101 Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two-man show today as – Kenny Keller is uh, unable to make this evening. Uh, had some other, uh, how would you put it, Pastel? Some other, uh, oh, yeah, schoolwork. Yeah, yeah, other he duties. Was he due to... Thursday, and he thought it was uh, supposed to be due next week. Like what a, <laughs> what a typical yeah. He kind of botched move. his calendar there. <laughs> yeah, kind of a huge, huge botch. And it was super last minute too. I mean, he let us know like two hours ago. We've done so many two man shows. It's all good. Better shows without him. Hey, hey, you said it, not me. You you said it, not me, Pastel. He's probably using anyway, it as an excuse because he was probably up to like 4 a.m. last night watching the election. <laughs> yeah, speak, speaking of that, everybody listening out here, Pastel and I are running on fumes. So we've drank our coffee. We're fired up. We're going to be talking some week 10, even though we are basically on no sleep because both of us and a bunch of other our, our other friends are up <clears throat> texting late about the election um, just because of how everything is going. As of right now, nobody has been deemed the winner, so we are still checking in from time to time. But, Pastel, this isn't a politics show. This is a football show, and we have a huge, huge Week 10 that we plan on covering tonight. Cover it from the prospect's point of view. But listen to some of these big games we have this week, Pastel. First, 
ACC, we're, we're going to call it the ACC Championship Part 1, and that's Clemson, Notre Dame kicking off at 7.30 on Saturday evening. SEC Championship Preview, probably, of, or the winner, more than likely will go to the, represent the SEC East in the SEC Championship as Georgia and Florida play their traditional rivalry game at 3.30. I'm assuming that's also on CBS, as it always is. The G5 playoff chances on the line this week as Boise State plays BYU, and that is tomorrow night. I am jazzed up to watch that game. And maybe the biggest game in the state of Virginia in quite some time, Virginia Tech hosting the Liber- the undefeated Liberty <laughs> Flames at noon on Saturday, probably the real Commonwealth Cup, as we've seen what UVA is going to bring this year. And lastly, as a Pac-12 guy, I have to mention the Pac-12 is back. Got three huge games on the docket um, out of out of the 12. Here are the three games that really stood out to me. ASU playing USC, uh, and that's a massive Pac-12 South matchup. Stanford at Oregon, and Washington and Cal facing off in the Pac-12 North as far as the matchup. So, Brandon, there is a plethora of for us to break down and talk about as we get ready for news week 10 with all of these big games that we have coming up. No, it's awesome, man. And the fact that, I mean, we got Maxion happening behind me right now as we're recording yeah, this we show. Maxion going on. So from now, like every Wednesday through Monday at this point, we're going to have football and good football. So you talked about this weekend. I mean, we'll just start back where you ended at Pac-12. I mean, the fact that Pac-12 is back, I mean, that's good football. That's quality. Power 5 conference football. And I think we've got – uh, one of the biggest matchups already in that in that conference, and that's ASU versus USC. Huge, I mean, I, I think USC is a 10-point 10, 10 favorite, but I'm telling you right now, that game can go either way. Absolutely either way. JT Daniels – or not JT Daniels. Uh, quarterback for Arizona State, Daniels, is uh, the real deal down there. Jaden Daniels. And then we all think Keaton Slovis is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. So I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to see what they do this weekend. Uh, like you mentioned, BYU versus Boise State. I believe uh, BYU is a three-point favorite at this point over Boise State. It doesn't look like uh, Hank Bachmeyer is going to be playing quarterback there. It's going to be Jack Sears. So it's going to be a little bit of a hit for Boise State, but I still think that's going to be one of the best games we see on the G5 landscape uh, this weekend. And not to, like, flash ahead or anything, but I do believe Boise State covers that game. I know people are riding that BYU train pretty high and heavy right now and I understand with Zach Wilson but I think Boise State has dudes all over the field offense and defense and I think they're going to give them one heck of a fight as far as the title for Virginia everyone that thinks Texas is going to like Virginia Tech might blow out Liberty and like end the streak I tell you this Virginia Tech lost to JMU 10 years ago Virginia Tech lost to ODU like three years ago Virginia Tech is not known <laughs> to necessarily beat up on small schools that's kind of the their MO is actually like, you know, losing those games or they're being too close. And it's and, and espe- yep, and especially a Liberty team that went to Syracuse. And I know it's Syracuse. I know Syracuse is not very good. But they went to an ACC opponent and blasted them on their home field. And you know what? It takes a lot to be undefeated at this point, right, not to slip up. So just wanted to add that little nugget about the game. Oh, no, for, for sure. And you have a quarterback in Malik Wilson there. It's going to cause problems for Virginia Tech's defense, a dual-threat quarterback like that. I mean, it, we've all seen in the past, a quarterback can take over a game, and he is one of those guys that can do that. So it's going to be interesting there. I mean, Georgia versus Florida, always going to be one of the better matchups in the East. Uh, I mean, 
whoever wins this game is going to play Alabama in the SEC championship and most likely have a bed in the playoffs if they win that. So it's going to be an even game, I believe. I mean, you got defense versus offense. The question for me for Georgia is can Stetson Bennett put up enough points versus Florida? And obviously Florida, can they can they score enough points on Georgia's defense? So it's going to be interesting to see what Kyle Trask does there with the Florida offense. Clemson versus Notre Dame, uh, that, that, that game right there might be the game of the week. I mean, Clemson is without Trevor Lawrence, Notre, and, and they've slipped up twice now, not necessarily losing, but they have had two close games recently. And Notre Dame, they're not, you know, maybe necessarily a top four team, even though they're ranked like it, but they are still a good college football team. And they absolutely can beat Clemson. And it's at Notre Dame. It's at Seth Ben. Clemson's without the top quarterback. I don't know how you see that game, Gus, but I absolutely think that's going to come down to the wire. Yeah, I think that one's going to come down to the wire. I do think Clemson will win it. I'm not a believer in Notre Dame on offense yet. <clears throat> I think the Clemson offense will do it. By, by the way, I don't think Clemson has looked that impressive this season. I think they've looked good. I, I'm actually surprised they're still number one. I, it, in my opinion, it's Bama and everybody else. You know, But I, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I do, I do think Clemson will pull it out just because I'm just not a believer in Notre Dame on offense. I just don't think they're going to score enough points. I don't think – Ian Book, is is he the guy to do this as a – I think he's a three-year star, maybe a fourth year. I don't know. I, I just – I I don't know. I, I don't I don't feel that confident in Notre Dame. Um, but I think the Georgia-Florida game is going to be really interesting because it's really like the unstoppable force versus the immovable object, right? Georgia's defense, one of the best in the country. And then Florida's offense, which is one of the best in the country. Florida – it's been a couple – well, no, I'm sorry. They played last week. You know, but we'll see what Florida has and see if they can score on the Georgia defense. Uh, I actually think this game will probably be a little bit lower scoring than I think people think. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't take the under in this, but I think it's going to float right at that line. Uh, as far as Liberty versus Tech, man, I'm super excited to watch that game because I think that Liberty has enough dudes on offense to keep it close. Now, I think Tech's going to win. But I don't think Tech's going to blow them out by any means, and especially no fans in the stands at Tech right now. So I think home field advantage, you know, you kind of throw that out the window. So it's going to be kind of two teams on the field, so really excited to see what they can do and if they're for real. And we're going to see that on Saturday. Probably the best G5 game that we'll see all season, again, is this Boise State-BYU game. And I love that it's on a Friday pastel because that means we get to watch it tomorrow night. Oh, um, instead of flipping between games. And, you know, I'll be very conflicted in Saturday. And to be honest with you, I, I'll kind of be out and about Saturday with some plans I already got. So, you know, I'm really excited to watch that tomorrow night. But, you know, for me, it's all about the Pac-12 being back, man. I, I'm You guys, you know, anybody who listens to pod knows me. I'm a Pac-12 guy. I'm a university, huge University of Washington fan. Um, follow the conference really in depth. And I think these three games, really, you're going to see a lot. One, the ASU-USC game. What you're going to see there is basically the Pac-12 South Championship right right then and there, right? And can USC win a big game? I think that's a really big question because this is probably their biggest game of this young season. And if they win this game, they're on a really nice path to play in mid-December for the Pac-12 Championship. And is ASU good enough to challenge them? Are they good enough on offense to keep up with the points that they'll score? So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Also, that's a 9 a.m. kickoff, by the way. 9 a.m. kickoff in Los Angeles. I think that's, that's right. kind of wild because yeah. they're playing at USC. Oh, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I know, right? Can you imagine playing a football game at 9 a.m.? <laughs> no, I can't, man. Um, Stanford, Oregon. This one's only interesting because I think it's our first look at a post-Justin Herbert Oregon offense. And we get to see how good is Oregon because they had a lot of guys opt out. Penny Sewell, Herbert's not there anymore. Javon um, Holland. Javon Holland opted out. A couple other guys opted out on defense. So how good is Oregon? Are they good enough to blow out a Stanford team that's really been subpar really the past two, three seasons? And then my dark horse to win the North is actually Cal, and Cal is going to host my Huskies at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. And Washington's got a lot of – they got a lot of questions. Who's going to play quarterback is, is a big one. Um, how are they going to replace Justin Tryon and Levi on defense, right? Those are two guys that opted out, and two guys that could be day one picks next season, probably more than likely day two. Cal's just really good on defense. They have a returning quarterback in Garbers. Can their offense take the next step? Cal beat Washington last year. Can they make it two in a row? So I think these three games are massive to really shape how the Pac-12 is going to look for the rest of the season. And I believe Cal is pretty much a pick'em game at this point. I think they're, yeah, one one point five point favorites. Yeah, they're one and a half favorites. But it's at home. yeah, but it's also at home, which is pretty much telling you take the home field advantage. I'm throwing up quote, quotes up right now. That's pretty much a pick'em game at a yeah, neutral stadium. It is. And, and yeah. I think people are still trying to figure out who the Huskies are, and a lot of it really depends on. I mean, I, I have no idea what to expect from the offense. New offensive coordinator an offensive coordinator that they call it pro style, but he really comes from like the James Franklin tree, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to see a lot of RPOs mm-hmm. and see, you know, some, some pro sets, but I, I would think you're going to see a lot of quarterback run. And I think you're going to see a lot of uh, shotgun, you know, four or five wide. So I have no idea what to expect from John Donovan and the Washington offense. Don't even know who the quarterback is. I think it's going to be Kevin Thompson, the transfer from Sacramento state. But, you know, Jimmy Lake has come out and said, we will find out at whoever jogs on the field at 7.30 Pacific time. So I don't know what to expect for that one. So, And now, Pastel, let's get into our Prospects 101 game day radar. Remember, these are prospects that we feel like will play at the next level and who we're really excited to watch play here in the upcoming weekend. So I'll start us off. I like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, receiver from USC. USC's got a dynamic offense, and he's the best receiver they have. I love his size. I love his athleticism, and I can't wait to see what he does against Arizona State, which will probably be the biggest game that USC plays all year, assuming that they go clean into the Pac-12 championship. Next one, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, defensive end, rush end from Oregon as they play the Stanford Cardinal on Saturday. I know he's only a sophomore, but this kid's dynamic. He's fast. He's rangy. He can really turn the corner. And, I mean, he is at your prototypical rush end at the next level. I look for him to dominate against Stanford, especially with Walker Little opting out, which really hurts that offensive line. So can't wait to see what he does against the Stanford Cardinal. Next guy, Elijah Molden, in my opinion, has all the tools to be a Pro Bowl safety at the next level. Some things that really stand about stand out about him, the, the safety from the Huskies, is going to be 
his ability to play in the box, make tackles. He is so fast. He can play zone. He can play the center of the field. He can man up, and he's great in, uh, like I said, with man coverage, great with staying in phase. I love everything about this kid. I look to see him dominate the Cal offense with him being all over the all over the field. Look for him to have a really big season this season because he was one of the best or highly rated safeties by Pro Football Focus last year and really looks to be kind of that next Husky secondary player to go to the NFL and make a big impact. And the next guy, Paso, your boy, my Jay Sanders, defensive end from Cincinnati. They play Houston. This guy has been an absolute animal so far. Five sacks. He is so fast, and he's so powerful. He's 6'5", 250, I believe. So he's probably got a little bit – I'm sorry, 260. Maybe got to add a little bit of pounds to to play at the next level. I absolutely love what I've seen from him so far this year. But probably my favorite thing is I watched film of him uh, from last season – and he's an extremely fundamental player, right? He's not just this freak athlete that plays rush end. You see him come off the edge. You see him squeezing down the line. You see him wrong arming traps. You see him rushing the passer, staying square. He does everything technically right that you would want out of a defensive end. I love this kid, Pastel. I think he's an absolute monster. I think if he keeps on having the season that he's having, he could easily declare and be picked in this upcoming NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, that, that whole defense has dudes. I mean, they've got guys that I think we're going to look back on this year and think, wow, that team, that 2020 Cincinnati defense had eight NFL, you know, players on that defense playing in the NFL. Um, and he's just one of those guys. And the question for me is, you know, are they doing this against, you know, G5 talent? Or can he do this if he plays in a big bowl this year? Can they do it against, you know, bigger talent and be- better offensive lines? The other guy I want to talk about real quick is Elijah Molden. Why do I feel like every five foot nine cornerback that's a little feisty gets compared to the Honey Badger? Because that's that's whenever I type that's in, right. that's right. Like, whenever I look at him, the like uh, NFL comp, it's like uh, the Honey Badger, and I'm like, yeah, or is that just because of the size? <laughs> like, I think that's lazy. I think the articles you're reading are lazy. lazy. I feel like I this guy plays lazy. a lot of this guy plays a lot of uh, like in, inside right at corner. He's not really an outside corner, correct? Uh, no, he's really, well, he's a safety, right? So he'll play a lot in the box. He's yeah. kind of like a super hybrid. That's what I was going to say. I feel like yeah, he really just plays everywhere. Pretty much like a hybrid. They'll man him up with a bunch of guys in the slot, you know, tight ends. I mean, he could run with anybody. I mean, that's the thing is his speed is ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, I think really between him and Javon Holland for Oregon, probably the two better safeties in the class coming out, even though Javon Holland is, uh, he opted out, so he would not be playing this year. But as far as a few guys, I want – I want the audience to take a look at this weekend. And the first guy, you probably haven't heard of him too much. He's the Boise State cornerback, Jalen Walker. He's a six foot one eighty five senior. He's really a shutdown type of corner. Um, keep an eye on him because he's going against BYU. And Zach Wilson, we all are now talking about being a first round type of caliber quarterback. So you've got you've got a first time first round caliber quarterback. You got Dax Mill on the outside, that receiver who's a really good receiver. And what kind of defense? What kind of schematics are they going to be playing on defense to really shut down this high-octane type of offense? But I think whatever they do, they've got to put Jalen Walker on the island. He's got to be able to shut down uh, BYU's top receiver, who I believe is Dax Mill. But, I mean, if they can shut down him, then I think they they can find a path to victory by doing that. So watch out for Jalen Walker this Friday uh, when you're watching that game. Another guy we talked about a little bit earlier, Malik Willis, the quarterback for Liberty. 
redshirt junior, 6'1", 215. This guy obviously transferred from Auburn from the last few years. But people forget he beat out a coveted transfer, uh, the main quarterback, Chris Ferguson, who played extremely well, who was getting NFL draft grades or at least undrafted uh, grades more or less uh, next level. So he beat out that guy, and he's done nothing to prove his coach wrong by going out there and throwing up for 1,122 yards, nine TDs, one interception, rushing for another 506 TDs through five or six games. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Uh, I think he's going to be utilized at some way at the next level if he ever, if he did declare this year, which I don't believe he will. But he's going to have an opportunity to show himself for Virginia Tech this week, probably the best game he's going to go against, best defense he's going to go against this whole season. The, the next guy, Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida, for every reason we kind of mentioned earlier, Georgia's probably the best defense he's going to face all year. Kyle Trask, a lot of a lot of scouts out there, they like what he's doing. He's a big-body quarterback. He's like 6'5", 240. Shows that NFL prototypical size. He's got the arm. But can he do it? Can he make his reads? Can he progress for more than just one or two reads? Because right now all he's doing for the most part is focusing on Kyle Pitts. Um, so – can he go beyond one or two reads? And that's something that Georgia's going to force him to do the way they get after the quarterback. So uh, it's going to be a big-time test for him. The last – I'm not going to say a guy, but more like it's going to be between two players. And I don't think we really are going to talk about them too much. And that's Max Borgie, the Washington State running back, going against Hamilcar Rashad Jr. And I see this as an awesome matchup between two prospects that play for two crappy schools <laughs> in the Pac-12. But we're talking about – a first-round, second-round type of caliber player in the linebacker for Oregon State, Hamilcar Rashad, Rashad. And then Max Borgie, who a lot of players kind of sees a Swiss, Swiss Army knife at the next level. Can you put him in that slot receiver? Can you play him uh, as an H-back? I mean, there's so many different ways to utilize Max Borgie. And I think Washington State is going to maximize all those abilities this year. So I think it's just going to be an awesome battle to watch, seeing Oregon State play Washington State and Max Borgie going against Hamilcar Rashad and seeing which one kind of wins that battle. So that's really two are some guys I – I'm going to keep an eye out for uh, this weekend, but really there's so many more people with the Pac-12 coming back that it's going to be a great weekend to watch players. No, it's going to be a fantastic week. I really like the Kyle Trask pick. Really started off the season really hot, but, man, you can't really deny the stats that he's thrown up. And just unfortunately, just because that Florida team, I think, what, did they have two games postponed? Yeah, yep. I think it was two. I mean, really – yeah, and, and just this COVID time, man, if you have two games canceled, that just that just sucks for momentum, right? And I know they right. played last week against Missouri, but, like, just, you know, he was having such a great season. I know they lost to Texas A&M, but, I mean, he's played so well so far and uh, just kind of sucks to see it. So I, I actually looked to see if he can kind of have a big game. I think if he has a big game, Pastel, I think we can start talking about Kyle Trask being one of the top five quarterbacks taken. For sure, um, and I mean, and, and probably talking about, and maybe talking about this quarterback class being one of the best quarterback classes we've seen in a while. Oh, for sure. I mean, we we are talking not to get off subject too much, but I mean, that's what we do talk prospects. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, amongst many others. But those five that I just mentioned, people I think see as first round type of caliber players, and people can make a case for every single one of those being really franchise type of quarterbacks with the first two being like generational talents, Trevor Lawrence yeah. and, and Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we, yeah. you're absolutely right, Gless. Like this, this quarterback class is very, very top-heavy. ridiculous. Hey, you get that, and then if you have a guy like Mac Jones who may come out early, I mean, I've been so impressed by what I've seen from him. Um, you know, you throw him in there maybe as number five or six, and 
man, that those are six dudes that can lead a lot of NFL offenses. Oh, for so. sure. And people have talked about, remember, you know, six months ago, Jamie Newton being the third best quarterback. Yeah. And now we're not even talking about him. But that just goes to show to the depth yeah. as well in this class. Yeah, I, I think Newman made a huge mistake by opting out. But it's it's your choice. It's your your choice. You don't feel like it's a – That's and Ben. It's like, thank you. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Well, if they're going to need him to come up big this weekend. Um, and Florida's defense is not very good. So, yeah, but hopefully that Georgia offense can – And for everyone saying, like, why is JT Daniels not playing? Mind you, Kirby Smart came out last week and said he's our third-string quarterback right now, by the way. Like, he's yeah. not even the backup. So – I don't know what's going on there. I'm not sure if he's fully healthy or what, but it's just something to know that Kirby Smart said he's not even our second-string QB right now. <laughs> Mathis is. Well, I mean, he hasn't been on the practice field. He's barely been on the practice field. You know, it's, it's you know, he's not going to come in there just because of his namesake going to go over and start taking spots. He's got to earn it. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, Pastel, let's get into our bet online segment this week. Want to talk some games, want to talk some big fat winners. Right, talking, taking some money home uh, with Kenny. Kenny usually hosts the segment, but because Kenny's not here, I'll go ahead and host it. So, uh, first, we'll just start with Kenny. Kenny actually picked five spreads this week. Um, went one in four last week on the season. Kenny Four. is a dismal 12 21 and one. Uh, let's talk his first game Clemson, uh, Clemson minus five and a half. Uh, or at five and a half favorites. Kenny's taking Clemson and the points in that one. Florida's going to enter at three point dogs. Kenny is taking the dogs, or I'm sorry, not the dogs. Kenny's taking <laughs> the, the underdogs. underdogs. <laughs> He's taking the underdog, Florida at plus three uh, to cover. He's taking that and the points. The biggest G5 game probably in the season so far. BYU minus three. And Kenny is taking BYU and the points. San Diego State versus San Jose State. Uh, San Diego State are nine-point favorites. Kenny is taking the nine points uh, or is taking San Diego State and the nine points. And then we talked about it a little bit earlier, Washington versus Cal. Washington is uh, a, a one-and-a-half-point dogs here. And Kenny's going to take 
the one and a half and the points for the Huskies to cover that. Basically a pick em game, basically picking the Huskies to go and beat Cal. So those are Kenny's five. Now, those are all good, Pastel. But remember, I went 4-0 and last week, and I am 17-10 and this season. I got my Ohio State covered 11.5. Illinois and Purdue was the only push I had. Uh, Northwestern covered. Uh, they were two-and-a-half-point dogs and ended up actually winning that game, so they covered for me. TCU Baylor hit that over. That was my tingle feel, if you remember. Mm-hmm. 47.5 took that, or 48 took that over. And Virginia Tech covered my minus three by taking care of Louisville. So I've got another great five this week. First one, North Carolina State versus Miami. Miami is 10.5-point favorites. Definitely taking Miami and the points. Not a believer in the NC State offense with O'Leary out. So I like Miami to dominate that game and cover the 10.5-point spread. San Diego State and San Jose State. Can you bet on this one? Uh, I'm going to bet on this one as well. San Jose State are uh, nine-point dogs. San Jose State is 2-0, and and they've looked impressive on offense. They've beaten an Arizona State team. Uh, I'm going to take San Jose State, uh, the, the, the plus nine. So I'm taking them in the points in this one. Um, I, I think that they're going to make this close, if not win it. Not a bad money line play this week as well. Uh, USC, Arizona State. Arizona State is uh, 9.5 point dogs. Taking Arizona State to cover that as well. So i got two dogs in a row um, covering there. Nebraska versus Northwestern. The over-under is 54.5. I'm taking the over here. This is kind of another tingle. I don't think this one's going to be as low scoring. I think Nebraska gets a little bit going here. I think they score a lot of points on offense, and I think Northwestern does enough to keep up with them. So definitely taking the over 54.5. And then Boise State and BYU, Kenny bet on this game, took BYU minus three. I'm actually, the over-under here is 59.5. Kyle, uh, I'm sorry, Zach Wilson's and that BYU offense is going to be firing. Jack Sears and that Boise State offense is also going to be firing. I'm taking the over 59 and a half there. I think that's a pretty sure bet for me. So those are my buy big fatties this week, Pastel. <laughs> I noticed you had some uh, some new clothes on. I wonder if you're using all your winnings uh, for your for your wardrobe. What? Lately. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I, you got I tell you what, though, this makes sense now that uh, Kenny's not on the pod. I'm starting to think it's not a science project, a political science project he has to do. I think it's because he's, he's there to say he went one and four again in his betting line, uh, betting segment. So I don't know, starting to make a little bit more sense. But as far as me, my worst week, first time I didn't, you know, go over 500 uh, this year. So I was two and three last week. Uh, lost obviously the Penn State game. Lost that Maryland versus uh, Minnesota game, uh, and then LSU versus Auburn. I mean, that, that game surprised, I think, pretty much everybody how much they dominated LSU. But, and, then, of course, I won the, the under on the UJ-Kentucky uh, game and then the UCF. How, what an uh, ugly game. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, if you didn't bet money on the under on that game, you didn't want to win money, in my opinion. But UFC versus Houston, UFC completely dominated Houston as well. So, overall, I'm 20-16-1, and 2-3 money line. But a little bit of a down week, but I think this week gets to be a little bit better. I think, I think Houston – they are 13.5-point dogs in Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati, uh, minus 13.5 in that game. Michigan at Indiana. Indiana is plus three, so I'm going to take Indiana in the points to cover against Michigan. I don't think Michigan's that good. I think I think Minnesota's that bad, and Michigan just dominated a really weak team week one. 
Um, so I think I, I think I think Indiana is going to pull off that game right there. Uh, Stanford is plus ten at Oregon. I think Oregon had a lot of losses. I know they have five star, four star recruits. But that's what everyone was saying about LSU, and LSU can't figure it out right now. That's and good I think point. Oregon point. has a lot to figure out as well. And I think Stanford has a lot of a lot of players coming back, even though we did mention Walker Little is out, Boston Adebo is out, but you know the quarterback's returning. Uh, they have a lot of other guys there that I think are going to make this game interesting. So I'm going to take Stanford plus 10. Uh, University of South Florida is at Memphis. Memphis has now lost a few games on the year. They're supposed to be kind of the ACC favorite or a- 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 AAC favorite. Yep. So I think Memphis is going to make a statement game here. They're minus 18. I think they're going to come back, and I think they're going to win by 30 points. I think they're just going to unload on University of South Florida, who – at one point, I thought was the worst G5 program in all of college football. Like they, they are not good right now. So I think they dominate, dominate that game. And really the same opinion goes to my next game, Maryland at Penn State. Penn State's 0-2. And they have to make a, a, a strong statement here this weekend going against Maryland, who Maryland's coming off a good win versus Minnesota. Um, but I think Penn State is just a better team. I don't think Maryland's that good. I think Penn State is going to load, load up on them on the points. I think they're going to win this game, you know, 50 to – I, first of all, I don't think Maryland scores more than 14 points, so I, I just see Penn State winning that game. Yeah, I actually, love the, I, I actually love that bet right there, Pastel, because I agree with you 100%. I, I think Maryland is going to get a massive brunt and anger from Penn State. I think Penn State's going to yes. come over and score 60. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, I that one. It was minus 24.5 Penn State, so I'd say – Take that. Even, even though I've lost a few money line picks recently, my money line pick of the week, and this would be a big win. And funny thing is I have – USC winning the Pac-12, but if you want to make some money, right now Arizona Arizona State is plus 310 if you take the money line versus USC. I think that game is about as easy as even as it gets, especially being the first game of the year. If there's ever chaos, it's the week one, and this is week one for the Pac-12. So take Arizona State, throw five down, $5 on them, and, I mean, you know, triple your money. So – that's, that's my money line pick of the week, Arizona State over USC. Yeah, I like that one as well. Um, I, I had that one, obviously, that I that I bet on, you know, but but I'm with you right there. I think that's a, it's a solid money line play for the week, at least one that gives you a shot. Um, actually pays out well, figuring both those teams in the South. I'm shocked it pays out that well, but – um, well, USC's 10.5-point favorites. I mean <laughs> – Yeah, I locked them in today at 9.5. Um, oh, really? So yeah, I got, money, I got I got them going not, USC. Yeah, money's going towards USC right now, so the wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out hallelujah. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Anyways, Pastel, it wouldn't be Prospects 101 if we didn't cover any recruiting news, discuss some of the best, uh, the top signings, decommits, and transfers that happened for the week. So, Pastel, tell us a little about Aaron uh, Armitage, the four-star strong side defensive end. 
Yeah, so this is uh, – he signed with Stanford. He is a – well, he's Stanford's top signee in their 2021 class. Good size, good strength. He's very, very athletic for his size, and he's 240, but he, he runs around like he's like 215, 220. But big-time player, four-star player for Stanford. Again, it's their top recruit. And to kind of carry that over, the next school, Vanderbilt, they just signed their top recruit, recruit and Quincy Skinner, a three-star wide receiver. So a lot of a lot of big-time recruits for some of these, you know, upper P5 program or average P5 programs, but big week for them. And then Billy Bowman, we've been kind of following him a little bit the last few weeks. He, he was the D commitment from Texas, uh, four-star athlete, and he finally made it official and he signed with Oklahoma. He can play offense. He can play defense. I think Oklahoma is going to utilize him a little bit more on the offensive side of the house. I mean, he even came out and said he sees himself as an offensive playmaker. So I think obviously that bodes well for him to go to Oklahoma. That's the side of the football he wants to play. If he wanted to play defense, he shouldn't even go to the <laughs> the Big 12. But, uh, but yeah, big-time signing for Oklahoma and a big-time flip for that program to get it over Texas. As far as some decommitments, one of the biggest ones uh, here is Marcus Bradley, a four-star defensive tackle. He decommits from Maryland. He already had, like, 15 schools call him in the last, like, two or three days. The, the interesting part about him, he's one, he was the second-best player in Maryland's class. The number one player in Maryland's class is his high school teammate. Like Demion Robinson, one of the yeah, top from Quint, uh, yeah. Quinto Orchard. That's a that's a big time public school program out at uh, Gaithersburg, which is right outside so, of DC. So that's interesting. Not not say that he decommitted, but it's just interesting that you know two teammates, two of the top recruits in Maryland's 21, 2021 class, Marcus Bradley decommitted. I'm just I'm following that. I'm just following to see if the other guy follows suits. And just one other side note: this is 2022, and I think everyone's probably heard it by now is Quinn Edwards, Ewers, the quarterback from Texas, the number one quarterback in the 2022 class. He decommitted uh, in the very next day, faced on Wilson, their Texas other top recruit in the 2022 class, four-star receiver. He decommitted from Texas. So Texas' wow. top two recruits decommitted back-to-back days last week. Um, just, you know, that, that's, that's tough going for Texas. I, th- I believe last crystal ball I saw was Ewers possibly going to Ohio State, so that would be interesting to say the least. But, you know, long, long, long way to go, especially in the 2022 class. I mean, we're still talking two years away. As far as any transfer news this week, Ramon David, he's the running back from Temple. He is a sophomore this year. He was their starting running back. And he played four games this year, and he just decided, hey, I'm going to not only opt out, I'm going to now enter my name in the transfer portal. So he's a good running back, talented running back. I think he had close to 1,000 yards his true freshman year. So that's probably one of those names that I could see kind of jumping to a better P5 program. Not that I know the reasons why he opted out yet or decided to transfer, but he uh, did give his coach praise, gave the school praise. I just got a feeling he might be one of those running backs that believes he's playing at a school that might not help him get into the NFL. So that's really some of the top recruit news around the landscape. As far as the actual rankings, again, no big movement. I guess the biggest movement is Clemson actually starts to continue to fall. At one point they were third, fourth, and now they're fifth. So, and LSU jumped up to the fourth spot. So, same old schools, same, same traditional schools. It's just where, where they fall and rack and stack in the top ten. Uh, and then really outside the top ten, I don't see anything crazy happening right now as it's today. Uh, and any movement on the Georgia front? The Georgia front, we're looking at, they're six. And then, so, they're standing strong at six. I mean, for a while there, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they were 12. They moved up to eight. Had a couple of big signings. So, right now, they're sitting six. And they are really just – Looking at the points on 24-7 sports, they're only one point behind Clemson. So it would not – one more signing and they jump up to fifth, no matter what that signing is really. So 
they, they're definitely making more headway towards which could be, at the end of the day, a top three recruiting class. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting one to see. I think the Quinn, Ewer, uh, the Quinn Ewers um, quarterback out of, uh, out of the state of Texas is really going to be interesting how that one plays out. I, I have this feeling that he's not going to commit anytime soon. Um, yeah, I, I could be wrong. It doesn't seem like type of kid who'd, who'd commit multiple times and still be on the fence about something. So, Tom Herman, man. Got to start winning, bro. No, 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 to tell you. <laughs> got got to start winning in order to kind of keep that talent intact. And you can't lose your big time recruits to Oklahoma out of all schools. Like lose them somewhere oh, else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, as always, you can follow and interact with Prospects One Hundred One on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That that Prospects One Hundred One Pod. We're posting all of our content throughout the week. Please make sure you subscribe uh, to Prospects One Hundred One on your favorite podcast platform or on Apple Music or I'm sorry Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon where wherever you listen to your podcast, we are on there. Please make sure you subscribe so you can stay up to date with all the new episodes as we release them. Uh and if this is your first time listening to Prospects 101, generally release our preview show on Thursday and then we cover the college football weekend that was uh, immediately that Sunday and release it out. So really getting at two shows a week. Please make sure you give us a five-star review as well. Appreciate you. Appreciate that. It helps us spread the word about Prospects 101. Got a big, big weekend ahead for all college football fans. For Pastel, I'm Gless. Enjoy the first weekend of November football. Enjoy the return of the MAC and enjoy the return of the Pac-12. 